Welcome to Clearing the Queue with Alex and Matt. Here's how it works. Each episode starts with a friend of ours signing into their Netflix account. Together, we scroll through their queue. Ultimately, we find a movie that's been on there a little too long, and we watch it together. The best part is that every queue is unique, so it tells a story about the person. Here's a question. Are we going to record ourselves talking about the movie during the movie? No, 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 no. This is not Mystery Science Theater 3000. It's uh, Clearing the Queue. A Netflix podcast. <laughs> Our guest this week is Justin Oades. That's me. I mean, I I believe in fairy tale endings, and this... Is this is yours? This, this is this, it's true. It's true. You at home should know that you can write an email asking to be on the show, and one year and eleven months later, it can really happen. You can be sitting here across the table from Alex. The and question Maddie. is, yeah, what have you got next? Like, what's the next thing? What once is the next? You, once you've made your, once you've reached the pinnacle. Well, I'm interested to see where this leads. Yeah, that's like true. can this, this is just can the this beginning. springboard me into the podcast world? <laughs> okay. Well, we all know it can. Yeah, uh, I have that email, and I'd like to read it. I'd like this to start is, us off. This by is Justin's audition email. His pitch. email this, to us. Um, and I should make it clear. I I don't really remember what this says. I wrote this. I'm I'm not exaggerating. Almost two years ago. It's true. He did. <laughs> so <laughs> over a year. ago. So how did I sell myself in okay. 2015? He said uh, it was 2016, 2016, but it was early 2016. Okay. He says, "Hi, Alex and Matt." I am writing to pitch myself as a guest on Clearing the Queue. I consider myself an ideal candidate for the show for the following reasons. I ended my subscription to Netflix DVDs in March of 2013, leaving behind a queue of over 100 movies. I believe if I reactivate my subscription, I could access this queue as it was. And if chosen to be on the show, I would bring it with me without reading it beforehand. I do not remember what is on this queue, and I'm sure there's some weird crap in there. So right off the bat, that did not work. Yeah, he called um, Netflix. He tried to I reactivate tried this it. morning to reactivate my old queue. Did I, you talk to a robot? Did you talk I to a human? I talked to a person from the Netflix. And the Netflix customer center, if any of you... You talked to Mr. Flix it, yeah, himself. It's, it seems like the busiest call center you'd imagine. Because I could hear probably five or six other calls <laughs> happening in the background. And it was a lot of, have you tried restarting? Have you, you know, it was a lot of <laughs> things like that. The, I could hear the other people. Um, it was like, are you sure you have an account? Are you sure it's not Hulu? You know, things like that. Um, but they told me... No, they told me they only save a queue for ten months. What about movies that like come and like that are on your queue, leave Netflix, and then come back? It's still within the ten month well, window. I've never, apparently. I've never had a streaming queue. I've only had a DVD queue, and the DVDs once they're there, they're there forever. They don't pull them. Do you, you guys don't know this? Netflix used to be a DVD mailing service. <laughs> well, no, I've had, I mean, because there's one very clear one that I remember mm-hmm. making the leap from DVD to streaming, mm-hmm. and that was yeah. Sky Captain in the World of Tomorrow. <laughs> I had that like buried mm-hmm. in like the 30s on yeah. my DVD queue, mm-hmm. and then I, it jumped to my streaming. I remember, I remember when they added it. streaming in your DVD queue, like a magic button that said "Watch Now" would show up, and I remember seeing that for the first time and not knowing what it meant. And I pressed it on something, and the video just started. You just was, discovered on demand. I, I discovered it, but it was it was like you know 480p, very low quality video. I couldn't I couldn't take it. I'm like, more of a 520p myself. <laughs> Is that 520? Just yeah. adding. Mm-hmm. Well, I just the, need a little more. Okay. <laughs> 521. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what um? Any other stories about the the Netflix call service? Because this is something we haven't ever discussed about ever no, doing or trying. I'm just curious. <laughs> I, I, How long I was your wait it. time? Uh, wait time was under a minute. That's great. Um, well, I'll tell you this: they have a separate phone number for DVDs and for streaming. Wow! So I called the DVD number, and mm. the DVD number is closed. It's Memorial Day um, for those uh, listening <laughs> at home. I'm sure you put this on later. It's a holiday. Yeah. <laughs> the DVD number is Monday through Friday, nine to five only. Yeah. The streaming number. 24-7. There we go. It doesn't matter. Middle of the night, holidays, someone will pick up and answer your streaming question. Movies on demand, people mm-hmm. on demand. Yep. <laughs> um, Support on demand. <laughs> um, all right. The next bullet point here is you said, I am inspired to submit myself after listening to the Oliver Taylor episode. While I am not a student of film in the traditional sense like Mr. Taylor, I am a graduate of the New York Film Academy and would be able to bring that perspective to the podcast. I'm also an actor with a background in improv comedy. So I'm not an actor anymore. He's, re- <laughs> he's retired. I have retired from that world. Um, and for, for clearing the queue fans, you can see how long ago this email was, because that Oliver <laughs> episode, I think you'd really yep. have to scroll back to find the Oliver Quite one. Quite a ways, yes. I had just listened to that when I sent the email. 
And I thought, if Oliver can do this, maybe I can too. The next bullet point <laughs> says, I have never been on a podcast before. I have also never showed my Netflix queue to anyone before. Both scare me a little. Still true. The next bullet point says, like the host, I am from Lexington, Massachusetts, and a graduate of Temple Isaiah Religious School. I was in the Isaiah Choir with Alyssa Bogdanow. That's my sister. It's true. Uh, you guys really brought back some good memories uh, last week when you mentioned the all-you-can-eat pizza at Hebrew School. Oh, sure. <laughs> um, that's something I hadn't thought about in a really long time. Um, and I don't want to say that was the only reason I went to Hebrew School, but my senior year, they changed it, so it was like pizza every other week, Ugh. and the other weeks were these like sandwiches, No, and I wouldn't go to Hebrew School on sandwich weeks. I would only go on pizza weeks. There we go. Notice, like, we've never said prayer at all. <laughs> like, that was no, no, no incentive was prayer. No. Yeah. It was pizza. We didn't didn't say a prayer before the podcast either. No. Didn't didn't even occur to any of us. (laughs) The next bullet point says, I work with Alex, and I'm pretty sure he thinks I'm an asshole. This would be a great opportunity to prove him wrong, or right, depending on how it goes. Here's an update with that. I tremendously respect Justin Owens in the past year. (laughs) Things have changed in that area, I think. think, uh, But could you say, in in June of when this was written, did you think I was an asshole? Is that right? Um... I thought maybe that we had some work to do, but our relationship isn't great right now. We're we're fulfilling dreams. We're, yeah, I think this is the right time. This is the right time. Did that play no a factor? Like, did you back then think I don't want him on the podcast? He's an asshole. <laughs> you have to ask my co-host. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, like, I mean, how, how did Alex respond when you told him that I had sent him an email? He said, I, "He said, yeah, yeah, why not?" The response is he right said, there. Yeah. He literally his response in here is. Yeah, why not? I'm down to squeeze another in this weekend if you want. <laughs> Vindication. Very nice. <laughs> and, then and then what's your response? This, this weekend. Like, uh, and I said, okay, awesome. <laughs> and that was about it. That was in June of 2016. Yep. Um, the final bullet point says, and mm-hmm. this is what sold it for me. I have at least at least six or seven friends, family members who would definitely listen if I was on. Probably. Mm. Absolutely. I mean, you might re- know right now we're, we're really looking to get some reviews for our iTunes review. And um, yeah. this would be great if we could get all seven of you. You want all seven people? <laughs> Should yeah. we do it? Let's do our thing. I mean, we have a little mm-hmm. program. Let's talk about it right now. It's an employee stock purchase program. <laughs> instead of employees, nobody works for us. And instead of stock, we're giving t shirts. <laughs> But so, it is a program. It is a program. We've got Clearing the Queue t shirts. We want to give them away for free. And the only thing you have to do to get one is write us an iTunes review. Screen grab it. Five stars. Send it to us. Clearingthequeue at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. You could CTQ podcast, Twitter, Instagram, whatever. Just get that information to us and we'll get you a t-shirt. And it has to be a five-star review. You know, <laughs> if you write a, a four-star review, but it's like really positive. Or just really honest. And like, like, we, I, we're, I'm big into feedback, so I'd yeah. like, like mm-hmm. to just improve. Yeah. But if it's two stars, I don't care how honest it is, you're not getting a t-shirt. Right, yeah. Or like list some other podcasts that are five stars so that we can see what we need to shoot for. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Review I'd love to other tell you, podcasts. I'd love to tell you <laughs> no, people don't. at home how good these t-shirts look, but neither host is wearing them right now. Shit. Well. But I'm sure they're great. I'm sure they're uh, really pretend, good t-shirts. Use some of that improvisational skills. Okay, sorry. Okay, edit the thing I just set out. Yep. Um, these t-shirts, these, the guys are both wearing them right now. Wow. And I gotta say that um, these are some of the best looking shirts I've ever seen. And you, you're gonna want one of these. You're gonna like the way you look. <laughs> yeah, you're, I guarantee it. All right, so um, before we jump in, I have an update from last episode. Okay. I saw Armageddon last night. Get out of here. I did. It was bad. And, and? I mean, it was ridiculous. It was more ridiculous than I had ever imagined. And it was great. What what aspect? I mean, just the... The sh- drillers? The, the, the drillers I was prepared for. But just like there was... Uh, in typical like Michael Bay fashion, there was no character development. There was just references to really dramatic things that happened. Mm. And But he didn't... There was like no... He didn't need to explain them at all. There were five times when Aerosmith came on. That's true. I assumed it would just be one, but no, five. They used it as a device. Yeah. <laughs> multiple Aerosmith songs, multiple times. Um, on the Affleck scale, because to me this is like a, a reason to appraise Affleck. Yeah. Was this his, one of his better, his worse, his higher right in the Affleck middle? Or like, is lower this, is Affleck this, or yeah. medium Affleck? Uh, he was fine. He was, <laughs> I mean, the movie was so ridiculous. I, I, I did enjoy watching it a lot. So I'm glad you're clearing movies off your queue. I'm clearing movies off my queue. 
One movie at a time. Uh, Yeah. What we're doing today is the opposite of clearing a queue. We're building a queue. What about this queue that I've heard about? What this year? What what happened? He called Netflix. We just I, went over this. Oh, Where have yeah, you been? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, tr- I really did it. my best to recover the queue. And so we're starting from scratch. Luckily, Alex and I have been continuing to perfect the algorithms in the supercomputer. It's 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 actually really easy. <laughs> like I, I think we should maybe try to get into other realms at, at this point because should we just, go to Palo Alto and just. And just try to like, yeah, it's like the the question method, I feel like really just tells us everything we need yeah. to know. <laughs> so uh, we're going to build your queue. We've got some revealing questions. We're going to plug them into the computer. All right. And that's it. We're going to make your queue and then we're going to watch some stuff off of it. Should we go out of order? Sure. Okay. Jump around. First question, Mr. Owadies. Yes. What's a movie we should add to our queues? So there are two movies that I've told you in person after listening to the show that I thought you should add. Um, so should I pick one, tell you both? Yeah, okay. pick one, tell us both. Okay. Um, <laughs> so the first one was from the Oliver Taylor episode, when you guys talked about not wanting to watch old movies. Mm. Um, there's a movie called Roman Holiday that I think is a good example of an old movie that would be interesting for you guys to watch. Roman Holiday, I feel like we talked about with Trevor and Kristen. Yeah. I think, Joe, is this a Jack Lemmon? Did we watch it is with them? Jack- no, no we didn't. Jack- we watched, that was To Catch a Thief. Now, Roman Holiday is uh, Audrey Hepburn, and um, it's what's interesting to me about it is it's one of the original romantic comedies. It's got Rome it, right in it, right yeah. in the title, <laughs> and it it's been Rome. ripped. <laughs> That's why yeah. they call them romantic it's because old, <laughs> it didn't. <laughs> it's an old movie that won Oscars at the time, but when you watch it now, it just looks like a total ripoff of every romantic comedy because mm. mm. you're watching it backwards. Well, then why watch mm. it now? Because it's funny. It's interesting. Oh, it's still funny. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, the movie itself is funny, and it's interesting to watch it. Well, I've entered Roman Holiday into our supercomputer, mm-hmm. and it should be no shock to hear that the first movie that it recommends is How to Steal a Million. I have no idea what that is. Oh, it's Audrey Hepburn. It came up in Kristen's episode, right? I think we almost watched this. In fact, is this the one we did watch? What no, did we, we watched To Catch a Thief. Oh, yeah. And we, we couldn't really figure out the difference between the two of them. <laughs> so, so that could be interesting. How to Steal a Million is also Audrey Hepburn. Trouble ensues when a noted art collector and forger decides to loan his prized Cellini, Venus, the forged version, that is, to a museum. So what happens now, Justin, is you say if that's a movie you, oh. you'd like to add to your queue. Oh, based no. On this. No, not at all. We're mapping. <laughs> oh, sorry, I, didn't, I, I, yeah. I think I zoned out as he was saying that. I, <laughs> I don't think I uh, even really interpreted what that was. Yeah. So, based on the Roman holiday, it's going to recommend a lot of old movies. Okay, so let's get off that. But it also recommends a couple more current movies. One of them is the classic Amelie. I've never seen Amelie. Alex, it's time for you to give the hard sell to Amelie. The yeah. tables have turned. Are you an Amelie fan? Amelie, let's start, let's start with the cover art. Terrible cover art. It will not, never sell you, but it is whimsical, fun, just really inventive, like... Uh, storytelling via the camera it would make it's just really fun great acting and it's the kind of thing where after a while you stop you feel like you're not reading subtitles anymore but every character is really interesting and the main character is really charming and um, it's just all the best parts of a, of a French independent movie none of the worst parts it doesn't end in the word fiend mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I could be wrong on this is the actress who plays Amelie someone who's crossed over into American movies not to my knowledge. Okay. Um, Nor to mine. Like a Juliette Binoche. Yeah. Or uh, what's her name from the Batman movies? She's always in Christopher Nolan's movies. Marion Cotillard. That's yeah. Right. The, yeah. She's not. She has not extre- okay. uh, experienced. Co- I thought it co- might have been her. Cotillard's success. Been no, she's Cotillard's on another level. Okay. But this movie is great. And this is the movie that, for about ten to fifteen years, everyone always told Alex he had to see, and he resisted. And then when he finally watched it last year, he loved it. I did. I wow. did. And I saw it in Europe, and I, it was great. <laughs> Could you watch it in America, or do you have to watch it in Europe? Do you oh, you think? can absolutely see it in America. Okay. You'll be transported to Europe. Okay. Um, I'm, I think we should. I think we've got a good one. We're not even going to ask him. We're, we're adding this. I think so. Yeah, I think we should add it to the queue. Yeah, that's fine. Go for it. What's the other movie that you think we should add to the queue? The other queue? movie that I told Alex I thought he would like, and I don't really remember the context of why I said this, but it was Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox story, <laughs> oh, which yeah. um, Alex said was a Casa de Mi Padre situation where nobody's seen it, ah. but I said no, because I've seen it, and I love that movie, and I watched that movie twice in theaters opening weekend. 
I'm sorry. <laughs> we should, I was with you until the twice in theaters opening weekend. I watched it. I that watched means it that with, you had seen the trailers. You were mm-hmm. eagerly anticipating this. I don't think I was. Eager. No, I think I saw it with friends that invited me the first time, and then the second time I thought, you know, my wife would love this, and I took her to see it. I chronologically, this came after Step Brothers, right? So this yeah. was like. John C. Riley pivots. He is now a, he's the leading man. He's mm-hmm. the leading man. He can do this. Can he carry a comedy, a zany yeah. comedy? And that movie just tanks. The movie just tanks. It doesn't make any money. I don't know. You're the money guy. Yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> I know no, it, it made, in my heart it made a lot of money. He I mean he's he. But I also don't see in terms of me it. buying tickets and the Blu-ray, it made <laughs> yeah. money. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's a good Venn diagram. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, we trust John C. Riley. We know implicitly. he implicitly, implicitly yeah. mm-hmm. in drama and in comedy. All right, let's put it in and see what the computer says. I will. All right, I entered "Walk Hard" into our supercomputer, and the first suggestion it has is "The Walking Dead," and I'm going to say that's a glitch in our system. So that's just based on we the word "walk." The word yeah. "walking." Have you seen the 1974 classic "Blazing Saddles"? Yes. I feel like now we actually should tell the Mel Brooks story. Why not? Yeah. Go for it. I have spoken to the great Mel Brooks. Um, I guess it's not that much of a story. I went to an event. Um, <laughs> I, I went to an event and asked Mel Brooks a question. And, uh, and um, a year later, I found out that it was on HBO. And you were in. And I was in a, I was in a Mel Brooks TV special called Mel Brooks and Dick Cavett Together Again. Where I, where I asked Mel a question what and made fun of him? my friends. Um, well, I asked him... You know, I said I've had friends say to me when I say Mel Brooks is my favorite director, um, how could you? He's an anti-Semite. He's a misogynist. Uh, you know, he's terrible to women. And I say, no, you idiot. That's Mel Gibson. <laughs> um, and he 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 uh, he thought it was funny. Um, and that has happened to me in real life. In fact, it happened that day. I told one of my friends I'm going to see Mel Brooks, and they were like, "Why would you do that?" And I said, "Well, he's one of my heroes." And they said, "But but he hates Jews." <laughs> Um, but yeah, I didn't know there were cameras at that thing. Um, I thought it was just a live event. And then over a year later, um, one of my mom's friends called her and said, I just saw Justin on HBO. And that's when you adopted the creed, live like there are no cameras. Yes. <laughs> live. Well, the I, funny thing is, I was really nervous talking to Mel Brooks, and yeah. I think I would have been less nervous if I knew there were cameras, because then I would have mm. thought of it like, well, I'm going to perform for these cameras now. Right. But when I just thought I was speaking to Mel Brooks, that made me really nervous. I can, I can relate to that. I like a little camera, a little microphone, camera, what I, you a know, red light. I told you what I said in the special, but what I actually said when I was there was, Hi, <gasps> I have a, <gasps> like I couldn't catch my breath. Um, and Mel kept saying, what? What? And putting his hand by his ear. Um, but the HBO editors cut all of that out. And I look very smooth on the, uh, on the special, as I assume I will on this podcast, because I know you You're looking it. great on the podcast. Thank you. All right, well... <laughs> We've, we've got a bunch more movies based on Dewey Cox. Walk Let's keep going. The Dewey Cox yeah. story. Mm-hmm. So we're going to find one of these to add to your queue. How about Sausage Party? Have you seen this yet? I have not seen Sausage Party, and I'm a little hesitant to that. Okay. Um, you love I, animated I like, movies. I like the trailer. Yeah. Um, I was going to see it in theaters, never got around to it. And since then, I've learned that you know all the artists that worked on it got you know royally fucked. And uh, there's a whole like you know 30-minute documentary about this that um, I've seen. And it makes, that makes it hard for me to want to watch this yeah. movie. I like that. That's a good principled thing. Do you have any more info you can share on that before we can maybe turn some other people against this movie? Yeah, that we haven't seen. Yeah, well, I know yeah. from when the movie was being promoted. I'm a big Howard Stern fan, and um, Seth Rogen went on Howard Stern show and basically bragged about I'm doing this movie a lot cheaper than a traditional animated movie. Mm. We it looks as good as Pixar, but it's much much cheaper. And then what we sort of learned after that is that the reason it was so cheap is that they made the artists work crazy hours without paying them. And would threaten them to take their name off the movie if they complained and you know, things like that. That's some bullshit. I don't like that. And that makes it hard for me to want to watch the movie. Same way I feel about Mel Gibson movies. Yeah. <laughs> Skip them both. Yeah. All right. Now, this is, bear with me here. Mm-hmm. Have you seen. Oh, all right. This is going to be a risk, but you know what? You've seen a lot of movies, so we're, we're mm-hmm. going to start taking some risks. Have you seen Tim and Eric's Billion Dollar Movie? No. Are you familiar with Tim and Eric? No. I know they exist and that they do comedy, but that's all I know. How do you feel about anti-comedy? Uh, what is anti-comedy? Like, there's no punchlines. Uh, sometimes just really 
bad, disgusting things happen, and then there's no resolution, but that's what's funny. I'd be willing to give that a shot. I don't think I, I have any experience with this. <laughs> I uh, think, because I was just about to say before that... Have you that, seen that, the Eric Andre show? Yeah. I would say that's close mm. to it, but that's really funny. Yeah. I don't know how... Have you heard of Dr. Steve Brule? No. That's that's John C. Riley uh, doing a character for their show that Mm -hmm. has spawned into its own thing. And it is maybe the funniest John C. Riley thing out there. I would agree with that. So maybe this is the maybe this is the fit. If if that's if he's a lover of John C. Riley and maybe his most underrated comedic thing, (laughs) maybe we should take it back to one of the places that creators that discovered that talent. I could be into into that. I could definitely be into that. Tim and Eric. I don't want to say too much more about it. Let's, let's read him the next question. That could be the winner. Let's read him the next question. The next question is, what is your favorite Tom Hanks movie? My favorite Tom Hanks movie? This is the part of the brain that <laughs> taps into your... The... <laughs> Let me, I'm going to help Alex out a little. Yes. Uh, what is your favorite Tom Hanks movie? <laughs> <laughs> My favorite Tom Hanks movie is Toy Story. I think that's a first, right? I don't yeah. think anyone has said Toy Story yet. That's great. Um, well, have you seen Zootopia? Yes. Have you t- seen Minions? No. Have you seen Despicable Me? Yes. So are you interested in seeing Minions? <laughs> I'm interested in seeing Minions. I, I haven't seen Despicable Me, which is weird, because I'm a big... I like animated movies, and I like Steve Carell. This could be great. The Minions, They're making Despicable Me 3. And Minions 2. Well, I think we should add Minions to the queue. Great. What movie, Justin, have you seen the most times? That's interesting. The most times. I have a couple of possibilities. Because, as I mentioned before, I was a huge Kevin Smith fan. I think you're thinking of Mel Gibson. No. (laughs) Um, I don't think I've ever seen a Mel Gibson movie more than once. Um, I used to watch the Kevin Smith movies constantly. Um, with commentary, with subtitles, commentary. I mean, which set the stage for his yeah. his podcasting career. Yeah. yeah, he could always just talk. But that's <laughs> the interesting thing is, I used to watch his uh, movies with commentary. I used to watch his like live specials where he would talk in front of an audience. I right, went, sure. went to a couple live, but the podcast was where he lost me. I'm with you. I'm, I've had the same trajectory, and actually, mm-hmm. the 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 first DVD of his from when he was doing the like tour where he would just mm-hmm. answer questions from the audience. An evening with Kevin Smith. An evening with Kevin Smith. I was there, not the night that they taped, but I was there about a week earlier in Providence. Mm-hmm. And I had a similar um, Mel Mel Brooks. Uh, Brooks, Mel Brooks. <laughs> not Mel Gibson. I was trying to decide whether to make the joke and I got lost in my own. <laughs> um, I... Um, so I asked him a question. At the mm-hmm. time, he had just finished writing for Daredevil, mm-hmm. and he was just starting to write for Green Arrow, the mm-hmm. comic book. And so I got up the courage to ask him a question. Mm-hmm. And my question was, um, for him, what is the difference between writing a screenplay and writing a comic book? Mm-hmm. And also, who would win in a fight, Green Arrow or Daredevil? Mm-hmm. And he said... Somebody's not getting laid tonight. <laughs> Did that get a huge laugh? It got a huge laugh. Mm-hmm. And then he basically gave the fucking worst answer. <laughs> he was like, well, he's like, for the comic books, you have to kind of tell them like what the you want the picture to look like. And for the scripts, you... And I'm like, that's not... Oh, all right, fine. <laughs> that said, is there a specific Kevin Smith movie that you've seen the most times? I would say probably Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Wow. However, I watched that again recently and I couldn't, I couldn't stand it. There's really only one sequence that I don't like from that, and that's when the girls are doing the jewel thief. Oh, that's pretty mm-hmm. bad. That's like a 10-minute scene that, mm-hmm. if, if you take that out, it's great. Mm-hmm. See, what bothered me when I watched it again recently, I think I watched it because it was on Netflix, was all the gay jokes. And Same I think thing. I was, I, I, yep. I was very down with that in high school. Like I thought it was really funny, and now right. I just I just don't find it funny at all. I had the same experience, and I said the same thing to Alex when mm-hmm. I watched it six months ago. Mm-hmm. I was like, it's just it's just too much. Mm-hmm. It's not it's not. It, at the time, I remember thinking, oh, this is uh, with good intentions. Mm-hmm. And watching it now, it feels mean spirited. Mm-hmm. It doesn't actually feel like Kevin Smith was like forwarding the cause of gay rights. Yeah, well, I think he just had a, an attitude of like, well, my brother's gay, and I'm nice to him, so I can say whatever I want. Right. But Which in the like, 90s was mm-hmm. like an excuse that everyone was using, and it was valid. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, well, I've got a gay brother. Yeah. And in the 2000s, not a valid excuse. Mm-hmm. 
I'm with you. Have you seen a, a Wet Hot American Summer? I've seen there, that came back on Netflix, right? There was a movie, and then they did a sequel that was a TV show. Fifteen years later. Okay. I've seen the first episode of Fifteen Years Later. But you haven't seen the original movie? I don't think movie? I've actually seen the original movie. I strongly would like to add this to your queue. Mm-hmm. Um, based on how you feel about Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Mm-hmm. It's, it's very cartoony. I can tell you that I didn't get into the series. Mm-hmm. And I, because I never really had the summer camp experience. And I think oh. that was maybe why I didn't like the 15 years later. Was that I just couldn't really relate to any of it. That's fair. I still think it's worth a gamble of putting it on the queue. Mm-hmm. But I don't want to force it. I'm considering giving it the Bogdanow hard sell, which is a rare... Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I'm... I'll, I'm going to sit back. He, <laughs> for those that don't know, Maddie likes you to... He wants you to go your own way. Yeah. He's just mm-hmm. going to gently nudge you, but really anything more than that. Unlike Stevie Nicks. Yeah. You can go your own way. <laughs> but in this case, I mean, this is, a, this is a great movie. And just knowing what I know about your comedic sensibilities, mm-hmm. I feel like this could be a winner. I don't know how Alex feels about what I mean, I love somewhere. the way his cue's shaping up, and I yeah. think it adds another interesting great. Mm-hmm. So, Do we have any more questions, or do we have enough? We uh, do. We have one more. Okay, this great. Is, this is maybe the, uh, the one that will dig deepest into your cerebellum, mm-hmm. and that is a movie you thought you would hate but ended up liking. Okay. So this is the part of your taste that's like, I don't even know if I want this, but looks like I do. I'll tell you, a movie I saw within the last year that I was not optimistic about um, is a movie called Troop Beverly Hills. Classic um, 80s. Do you, guys, do you guys know this movie? I do, and I love I it. I don't, mm-hmm. and I don't love it, but only because I don't know about it. <laughs> um, well, we went, my wife and I have gone to a few of these like, live shows that are like based on a movie. Mm, yes. Um, where they do like a musical of the movie. Right. And we try to watch the movie beforehand. And Troop Beverly Hills was one that I just never thought I was going to like. Um, but I thought it was really charming. And I really liked the main... I liked the, the woman a lot who was the main character. Shelley Long. Shelley Long. From um, Cheers. Oh. So let's see. I, I'm curious what, mm-hmm. what this will yield. Well, um, the first thing that it pops out is Adventures in Babysitting. Okay, I've never seen this. Oh. I've even, I saw that with Maddie. That was one of our Video Smith rentals when I was sleepovers back in the day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Two for Tuesday. I don't know how well it holds up. 1987, but, by the end of the night, she'll need to get up to her hourly rate. This is not the easygoing gig she signed up for. It's Elizabeth Shue, and uh, things go crazy. She's babysitting, and things go awry. Thor is a major part of the movie, and I remember that being the weirdest thing <laughs> in 1980. 19- the character Thor? Yeah. The Mar- yeah, somehow. And like okay. now, you'll know who Thor is. Back mm. then, you'd be like, who the fuck is Yeah, this? I wouldn't yeah. have known who Thor was. That's interesting. All right, so should we add Adventures in Babysitting? Let's see what else is in the 80s. Okay. But I think that, I mean, we're telling him, and he's got to tell us, so. This might, you might have just missed this one. Did you ever see Honey, I Shrunk the Kids? I did see that. I've seen seen all three. Oh, okay. And I've been on the ride at Disney World. (laughs) Honey, I Shrunk the Audience. (laughs) (laughs) Which is a real thing. All right. Um, How many Airbuds have you seen? I think I've only seen the first Airbud. Okay. I don't think I've seen any airbuds. And, he, and he's just playing basketball. That's yeah. what he's his natural. There's no rule that says a dog can't. So you play. haven't seen Airbud Spikes Back, the volleyball one. <laughs> no. You haven't seen Air Buddies. No. And you haven't seen Space Buddies <laughs> or Airbud Golden Receiver. No. How I've... about Disney Spook Buddies? <laughs> Looks like Halloween themed. Sounds super racist. And no, I haven't seen it. <laughs> There's also Airbud World Pup. That's the soccer one. And Super Buddies. You're not making any of these up. These are all the real No, these titles. are real. I'm just literally <laughs> Did reading these all yours. come up for that movie you typed in? Yeah, well, <laughs> I think because you wrote Troop Beverly Hills, mm-hmm. it, sh- it suggested Beverly Hills Chihuahua, and okay. then things just I haven't sort seen of that. ran amok. Um, no, I saw the original Air Bud, and I liked it, but I don't know, the sequels never, never spoke to me. I mean, that... There are... <laughs> Was it the same dog? Like, did the same dog then learn? Like, in there's the, no way. Well, in the not the not the actual actor, oh, dog, but in the context in the of the story, cinematic universe, is it the, is same, it the same dog, dog learning dog? to play all these sports? <laughs> like, he's just by by the fifth time, they're like, "Well, Airbuds, <laughs> he can probably picked up every, he can probably <laughs> just play volleyball. Volleyball is not a huge jump though, because with basketball, he just hit it with his nose. Here's what I'd like Football, to see. Football, I, I don't know how that works. I'd like to see the movie where Airbud tries to play baseball and he has to go through the White Sox minor league system. <laughs> right, and like travel on the bus and, and like, good. In, in like small, like, uh, 
minor league parks throughout and eventually like the he just gives up and goes back to basketball <laughs> I'd like to see your bud try stand up comedy <laughs> it would be a little rough moving on uh. <laughs> <laughs> do we have enough movies for his cue we do we okay. do alright what do we have let's, let's do that I want more questions um, based on your suggestion of Roman Holiday we've got the movie Amelie um, the French whimsical flick Based on Walker Dewey Cox, Tim and Eric's billion dollar movie. Based on Toy Story, we've got the movie Minions. We've got, based on Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, Wet Hot American Summer. Um, and based on Troop Beverly Hills, we've got Adventures in Babysitting. That's a great cue that we've built for you. And you're going to cherish that cue. And when you reactivate that Netflix account, I hope you watch all those movies. All right. But for today, we're only going to watch one. And let's start by narrowing it down to three. All right. I think I'm going to cross out um, Tim and Eric's billion dollar movie. It's okay. a safe call. Um, and my, my reason for that is, uh, I don't know, you guys didn't really make it sound that appealing. There were some really oh. <laughs> funny parts of it. I'm sure there are. It's the type of movie, here's the thing, it's mm-hmm. the type of movie that I would very strongly recommend to a very certain type of person, and we don't know each other well enough for me to know whether that's you or not. Well, he should just go watch Dr. Steve Brule highlights on YouTube. That's true. And get his little anti-comedy mm, yeah, fix. I agree. And yep. if, I, if I like that, then I can watch Tim and Eric. Yeah. Okay, I'll keep that in mind. What else do you want to cross off? Hmm. It's probably between Wet Hot American Summer and Adventures in Babysitting. I would cross off Adventures in Babysitting. It's a movie that Alex and I have both seen, and yet also neither of us can verify whether it's good or not. Is it possible to get a run times? Sure, of course. Oh my God! Yeah, that's I. That's a factor for me when choosing a movie, is, for sure. Hey, preaching to the choir. Mm-hmm. Adventures in Babysitting is one hour and forty-two minutes. I do like that there are probably people of our listeners, our loyal listeners, that are probably like saying, "You have to watch that." I hope, like, there's yeah. probably the, that this decision matters to some people. I hope mm-hmm. so. <laughs> Wet Hot American Summer is one hour and thirty-seven minutes. Okay, that's pretty close. Just since while we're here, Amelie is two hours and nine minutes. Ooh. And Minions is one hour and 31 minutes. Interesting. So pretty, pretty tight. So I think I'm going to uh, take a step back from what I said before, and I think I'm going to cross off Amelie. Okay. okay. He's crossing off just, Amelie because I, of the runtime. I don't know if I'm ready to watch a foreign language film that's over two hours. <laughs> Great. Um, today. I know if any of my old film school friends are listening, they're probably uh, totally disgusted by what I just it's said. Because it's re- like a film school lover's dream, mm-hmm. my dream. Well, so here's what I'm going to say. So mm-hmm. our, our Q contenders now are Adventures in Babysitting, Wet Hot American Summer, and Minions. Mm-hmm. Just not one minute ago, Justin was choosing between getting rid of either Adventures in Babysitting or Wet Hot American Summer, which kind of makes it seem like we have to watch Minions. That feels right to me. So you both have never seen any, any of them. Any um, Despicable Me movies? Never seen any of them. Okay. So this is going to be your first This venture. will be our introduction. You're the first time you've seen a minion on, on screen. <laughs> I've seen a minion over by uh, the Chinese theater <laughs> to take photos with. Oh, yeah, I've seen that guy. Yeah, those, yeah. those filthy minions. I feel like count. sometimes if I'm watching like a baseball game or the news, the minions just run across the bottom of the screen. Mm-hmm. And they're all over public schools like kids mm-hmm. are just love covered them. in minions backpacks mm-hmm. they love them how's the color on this tv uh, the min- is the minion yellow gonna pop <laughs> <laughs> uh i don't know but i just read a fascinating article about why so many famous animated characters are yellow have you guys read this it was no. on buzzfeed because no. the simpsons uh it, the simpsons was an example mm-hmm. but one of their cases they had a bunch of things but one of their cases was that if you're colorblind red and green look the same but yellow on a blue background, and most backgrounds are blue like the sky or the water, mm-hmm. that a yellow character on a blue background is really going to pop. Interesting. Even if you're colorblind, whereas like reds and greens get all mushy. I found it convincing. Yeah, my grandfather was colorblind, but sadly he's no longer with us, so I can't ask him if the minions pop for him or not. I learned that my father-in-law is colorblind when mm-hmm. giving him this what I thought was cute anecdote. He was like, oh, I'm colorblind. And I was like, I didn't know that. Did he say you were right or wrong? Um... Well, then we sort of got sidetracked okay. in this whole What, uh, what other secrets have you not told me? Yeah, exactly. I just don't see color. I try <laughs> not to see color. <laughs> should we watch Minions? I feel good about Minions. Okay. As long as, I think we should as, do long it. as our cue 
the guy we created. This we built for. a queue mm-hmm. for him. Yes, mm-hmm. it has. It has offered a movie that he's excited about, that I'm excited about. Works for me. So I think we're going to go watch Minions. And uh, our listeners are going to hear the trailer for Minions, and then we'll come back and talk about it. All right, cool. Minions. Have you ever wondered where they came from? They've been on this planet far longer than we have. They're all different. But they all share the same goal. To find the biggest, baddest villain to serve. Finding a master was easy. Keeping a master. That's where things got tricky. Nope, it wasn't easy for these guys. But nonetheless, they kept on looking. Ladies and gentlemen, Scarlet Overkill! Have any of you ever dreamt of working for the greatest supervillain of all time? These are the new recruits. No, no. Scarlet! Don't you Scarlet me. I don't want you to take this the wrong way, but I hate you. This is torture. We're back. We're back. Hello. We just watched a kids movie. <laughs> we did, and we took it very seriously. It's our second non-Disney animated. I mean, we watched the Iron Giant last. Oh yeah, that was our other last one. Yeah. Um, this movie much more commercially successful, as I'd come to find out, than yes, Iron, the Iron Giant, and also was. much more of a kids movie. Yes. Iron Giant felt like an animated movie that was sort of for adults. Mm. This definitely was for children. Yeah, nobody can make that argument about uh, Minions. I don't think. No, that was really for adults. I didn't realize how much fucking movie this this money this <laughs> Try how again. much fucking money this movie made. <laughs> oh yeah, it made a lot of money. It made the most money. Um, non Disney animated movie. The, mo- well, it's this, the most. What mo- we just saw. Yeah. What we just saw. Minions. The most profitable of any non Disney animated movie. Yes. So non Pixar. Non. So yeah, it really just would be Shrek DreamWorks. or yeah. any of the other. This beat Shrek. This beat Shrek. Yeah. 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 Minions are fucking everywhere. <laughs> They're huge. Um, we should do a quick recap. In Minionese. Which <laughs> I did, I saw is, <laughs> is an actual, that's what the language is referring yeah, to. Yeah, you said you didn't want to watch a foreign language film, but we ended up watching a foreign language that's film. That's true, that's true. A um, lot of the movie was in Minionese. No what, subtitles. What's funny is the, and it's funny how these things just work out, but the, do you know who voiced uh, Scarlet in the French version of this movie? Was it Amelie? It, no, it was Marion Cotillard. Oh. <laughs> yeah. She did the voice of Wow. Yeah, Scarlet Overkill. It just mm-hmm. happens to work out that way. All yeah. right. Okay, we're not this. actually going to do it in Minionese. Matoba? Well, <laughs> some of the words ended up being English. Uh, I don't know. So this is a, a prequel to Despicable Me. And basically the plot is that the Minions have been around since before humans. And they always find the most big, evil character they can to follow. And, and just serve. Yeah. And serve. And then they go through a long period where they don't have any boss and they're in the North Pole and they're sad. And then they take a, a note out of the Buddy the Elf playbook and they make their way from the North Pole to New York City. And they're trying to find a big boss. They find one. Scarlet. Overkill. Overkill. Good name. <laughs> they want to. They want her to be the boss. She says yes. You gotta go. Yeah, they steal. try out and they, they try it out and everything. Yeah, they go to Villain Con, and she says, "All right, here's what you gotta do. You gotta go to London and steal the crown from the Queen." At this point, it took a turn that I wasn't expecting. Yes, I didn't see that coming. Absolutely. 
Bob accidentally pulls the sword from the stone and gets dubbed the King of England. Where the world just recognized him as the King of England, yeah. yeah. So then Scarlet's upset. <laughs> then they need to stop Scarlet from her evil plan. Well, that's the other thing. Throughout time, the minions also... They, they, they hurt the ones they love the most. By accident. And that was no different with Scarlet. Right. So they ended up, you know... In the end, they end up thwarting her plans. At no point do they realize that she hates them. Like there's even after she locks them in a dungeon, <laughs> right. they steal flowers to get, and they're just trying <laughs> to, to give I'm her sorry. flowers to say they're sorry. Yeah, from but a they wake. just continue thwarting and, her plans by accident. And in the best prequel fashion, it leads like right into the next one as we see. Yeah, we see a young Gru. Is that his name? Gru. That's right. We see a young Gru at the very end who steals the crown that Scarlet had stolen, and then the the minions fall in love. And he's like, meh, meh, whatever. <laughs> So that that was the movie. Is there anything deeper to the banana thing that I'm missing? That is the movie. I was hoping that the d- banana was going to be more of a recurring joke, but it only really came up at the beginning. Well, we'll have to see because there's going to be a Minions two. Ah, but I don't know since this one led right into Despicable Me. Will Minions two go further backwards? Oh, and maybe we'll find out why they like bananas. Right. So there's it's never been explained. No. Well, They're you know, yellow. I didn't see Despicable Me 2. I only saw the first mm. one. Okay. So it's possible in Despicable Me 2 they explain the bananas. And I'm wondering, is it, are they yellow because they eat so many bananas? Or do they like bananas because they're yellow? Is that what you're wondering? I just don't, yeah. Maybe it could be some, as simple as that. Could, yeah. So, all right. Um, I mean, I really, I really like this. Like every comedy, the last half hour of it got pretty boring. But I was laughing a lot, especially for the were. first half. And we got Alex a couple times. Yeah, no, it <laughs> he was, was trying it, to fight it. It was. Um, it's not totally irredeemable. Um, you know, it's always a harder sell for me in general to like the non-Pixar types. I can mm-hmm. like really the only other non-Disney movie I've actually probably really ever enjoyed was like How to Train Your Dragon. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, like it's just so it's just rare. And if you look at it, like I was looking at all their Rotten Tomato scores for this company, Illumination Animation, who does all of these movies, and. You know, they don't have any that are in the 90s or in the 100s, like that's Rotten Tomato mm-hmm. rate. So, like, they don't they don't quite reach that, like, you know, that WALL-E level, that up sure. level, where they're just operating on, like, the highest plane. Right. Mm-hmm. They're sticking with, like, the colorful, fun character design. Like, yeah. Um, and that's fun. That's great. Um, for me, I'm, t- I'm sort of, like, at the point where I like the higher, mm-hmm. higher yeah. echelon. Well, I think what they've really done is, you know... Pixar has the lock on. We're doing movies for kids, but they're also for adults. Yeah. And I think Illumination sort of took it in the other direction and said, let's keep these as kid-friendly as possible. They're not going to out-Pixar Pixar. Pixar. No. So let's put as much 60s music in there as possible. (laughs) These kids are really Yeah, we got to talk about that. So this took place in 1968. There were more musical numbers than I was expecting. Yeah. They had a big music budget. They had Mm -hmm. all the hits. I, I guess Sandra Bullock did the main voice of Scarlet, and just one of the worst reasons to like like the, to put celebrities not like real yeah. professional mm-hmm. voice actors yeah um it's just a pet peeve of mine like uh, me too so you're saying if you're on another podcast and they're building you a queue and they say what is your favorite sandra bullock movie you're not gonna say minions i'm not gonna say no first of all i don't really know if there's anything that's quintessentially sandra bullock mm-hmm. other than like maybe her sort of funny charm i guess uh-huh. her but what does that translate into in terms of like voice acting right like that's Robin Williams thing. can do like all these crazy impressions, or like yeah. uh, you know. That's another thing that I've always felt like Disney's very good at is even when they do cast famous people, I feel like they they get the right voice. They get the, the right, right voice. They bring something yeah. else out of it. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't um, get much from her, and I, I I do like that question that you just posed, and I feel yeah. like Alex and I should be forced. Our to favorite answer it. Sandra yeah. Bullock. What is your favorite Sandra Bullock? Well, this in, I was reading all the IMDb like trivia stuff, and this is her first role as a villain, and it was sort of mm. like. Not an all the way villain. No, but then I started thinking about like, is that rare? I guess I guess most people don't get the opportunity to play villains. Mm-hmm. I mean, in I was thinking any, like, right. yeah, Meryl Streep played like one villain once in, in uh, uh, Prada, Wars, Devil Prada. Wears Prada. But like, even then, like, she's probably that's it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, because any given movie, for the most part, unless it's Suicide Squad, is going to have one villain <laughs> and then a bunch of heroes. Yeah, Suicide Squad. They mentioned that a few times in the movie. Your favorite Sandra Bullock movie? <laughs> Probably The Net. You forget about Speed? Oh, I was thinking about Speed, but I wanted to go a little more Speed indie. 2 Cruise Control? <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not The Blind Side. I think we were both 
Oh God! Very no. much thought that was overrated. Two thumbs down. Um, I, Bryce Speed for me. Yeah. Oh, Miss Congeniality, which was my answer to the movie I thought I'd hate, oh, really? but ended up liking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that might be it. What's your favorite? I don't Sandra think Bullock? I've seen that many Sandra Bullock movies. It only takes I, one. I think I've got some holes in my Sandra Bullock fandom, but pro- probably Speed. Have you seen Speed? I've seen Speed. You can I, say Minions if you want. <laughs> I've never seen Speed 2 Cruise Control. Me neither. But I have seen Speed. Do you guys want to know? You want to guess how many? Uh, so I looked up what Mi- Minionese is a mixture of nine mm-hmm. actual languages. I mean, uh-huh. the, the biggest one is Portuguese. You heard the Portuguese, I huh? heard a lot of Portuguese in it, yeah. I mean, I heard the Spanish. Mm-hmm. Italian? The English. There is Italian. Um, you won't guess... Latin. M- there's no Latin. I mean, they're all Latin. Yeah. <laughs> you won't guess Hebrew. There's some Hebrew in there. You did, didn't you hear uh, Matt? Mazel- didn't you call well, it At one Mazel-tub? point they said Mazel Tov. Yeah. <laughs> There's Malay. Malay. Ah. Uh, Indonesian. Uh-huh. The writer's mother is Indonesian, so they use some mm-hmm. of that. Uh, gibberish. There's just flat out gibberish. Yes. And <laughs> I may have I, heard some of that. I believe that, that's it. That's the <laughs> night. That, that, that makes Minionese. Mm-hmm. And the director did all the voices. Mm-hmm. Like of a, For all the minions. 899 minions. 899 minions? That's what, according <laughs> to the. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. uh, having not seen the Despicable Me, mm-hmm. are um, are Bob and Stuart and Kevin prominently featured in that one? No. So they were new. They were new characters. In fact, I read recently they deliberately kept them out of Despicable Me three, even though that was made after Minions. Uh huh. They want to keep Bob, Stuart, and Kevin in the Minions universe only. <laughs> <laughs> we put thought into this. All right. Mm-hmm. That answers that question. Uh, yeah, those were brand new characters. Well, for brand new characters, mm-hmm. I found them pretty charming. Mm-hmm. I, I thought they did a nice job. Mm-hmm. I they, would have thought, they, for, after watching Despicable Me, the first one, I think it was sort of implied that the minions were something Gru created. Mm-hmm. In his lab? And that so they this were, is a bit of a retcon? Yeah, and that they were, they were disposable. Right. That was part of what it is. You don't appreciate this junk science of them evolving <laughs> from single-celled <laughs> organisms? That was cute. I like that. I, well, I, I um, like that. I, that's one thing, too. Like, I, So I was learning more about Illumination. I guess they mm-hmm. acquired a French animation studio called MacGuff. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, there's a lot really just good, subtle animation stuff in here. And they did, yeah. like, a 2D-looking title sequence mm-hmm. with, that did the whole beginning. And then they did, like, even, like, a stop-motion yeah, style thing. Time story. So I, I appreciate the, like, there's some real top-of-the-line... It was well-crafted. Yeah. Yeah. And I think everyone was paid paid very well. Was paid well the I don't know. We need to find out. We need to find out. <laughs> Let's well, find like, out if those The other impressive thing, looking through Illumination's catalog, mm-hmm. is their budgets are always in this, like, 68 to $75 million, mm-hmm. like, thing, and then they always make money. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess they're also working on a Grinch. They do all the Seuss movies, and they're doing a Grinch in 2018. Interesting. I, like I'm just—I guess we're just going to keep doing this. Keep, keep doing Grinch. We keep, run out of Doctor Seuss books, so we got to go back to ones that have already been movies. What did you think? Having the one of us who actually—the one who's seen Despicable seen, Me. Yeah, I, I mean, it was very similar to Despicable Me, uh, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. I enjoyed it. I had a big issue with the ending, though. Yeah. Um, how do, do we talk about? We can talk here? through the ending. Okay. okay. No one cares. Sure it's a fucking kids movie. <laughs> That's true. Um, and I don't want to uh, come off like a grouch here, but one of my big things that's been bothering me in movies lately is when the movie ends with the hero sacrificing themselves, but not really. Yes. Flying off with... And even this literally flying off with the bomb. Totally. So it doesn't Batman. explode. Batman, Avengers. Yes. Um, uh, that, the Chris Pratt one. Um, Guardians. Guardians of the Galaxy. I've been seeing this a lot. Um, and it always kind of bugs me. Yeah. I've noticed the same thing and it sucks. <laughs> because they're saying like... He makes the great sacrifice and chooses and the fate of humanity, blah, blah, blah. And then two minutes later, you're like, and he also is still alive, so it's fine. Yeah. And it's like, there, there has to be another way to show that a superhero is a superhero. Yeah. Not, like, that, not that the minion was a Not superhero. to spoil Armageddon, which I saw last night, <laughs> but somebody in that movie makes the ultimate sacrifice and then and don't actually does. Yeah. <laughs> does not reappear. Well, Armageddon yeah. wasn't a franchise. True. Um, Armageddon 2 This time It's for real It's for real (laughs) Um, There was a line There's a a visual gag In the movie Where Maddie Says Never gets old (laughs) He laughed He said Never gets old (laughs) Do you remember What that moment was? I do remember that moment Well 
the minions are trying to buy tickets to see the crown jewels, which I've done before. I've seen the crown jewels. Uh-huh. It was just like the movie. Um, and they say no because you're children. And so then the three of them stand on each other's shoulders, uh, dressed like a woman, and um, <laughs> buy tickets. Buy one ticket with a bar of gold. Yeah. <laughs> this is great. Yeah. Um, but yeah, love that gag. Mm-hmm. It's a classic. Always fun. Uh, you got any other notes on this one? Um, yeah, I have no other thoughts on minions. <laughs> I have no other thoughts on minions other than I can't believe that it's the most money-making non-Disney animated movie See, ever. See, I can believe that. I can believe that. Okay. Because I think the, the when Despicable Me came out... Because of inflation? I can because of inflation. Because of inflation. No, because the minions are very popular. You know, they're everywhere. I'm out of touch. You are. Like, just being in public schools, it's been crazy. And I know I said it before the break, but it doesn't surprise me to hear that. Minions are... Mm. Not just the kids, the teachers. Like, at schools, they have Minion Day. Straight up, where, like, in classes and stuff, they do Minion stuff. They're very big in memes, too. On the minions. internet. Mm. But that, I mean, they were the star of Despicable Me, really, even right. though they weren't the main character. Right. But, like, that's what people left Despicable Me remembering. Yeah. So they were like, fuck it, let's just do yep. this. <laughs> Give them a movie. There's a ride at Universal Studios, Minion Mayhem. All right. Well, we have to um, rate this movie. And Netflix has recently switched systems. So we don't get to give it one, two, three, four, or five stars. We just straight have to either give it thumbs up or thumbs down. That's the way Netflix works now. We I'm, don't like it, but we're doing it. I'm giving this a bold thumbs up. Bold. Me, Alex? I'm going to give it a thumbs up. Yeah, me yeah. too. Three thumbs up. I thought it had enough artistic coolness, and I, I, yeah. I support. It won you over. Mm-hmm. It did win me over. A little yeah. bit. A little bit. And it was short enough. Yeah. I wish I could see more of the villains. I really like the other villains. Well, and then villain you should watch Con? Despicable Me, because that is about the other villains. More than just the the one. Yeah. Well, it's always it's always Gru, and then there's another villain that he's I see up against. In the first one, it's Jason Segel. In this new one that's coming out, it's uh, Trey Parker from South Park, and also Great. Steve Carell playing Gru's Stone. brother. Oh, as well. There are two Gru's in the new one. Grew too. Yep. <laughs> so you, you have that to look forward to. I would say I grew to love this movie. <laughs> Do you think you'll see Despicable Me three now? In three D. If it can get higher than the eighty one percent Rotten Tomato <laughs> score of the first one, which is the mm. highest of these movies, I will proclaim that I will see the new one. And I will see it if I'm on an airplane, and that's one of the options. <laughs> <laughs> well, we built you a queue. The queue was. Five movies long. Now it's four, yeah. which means you are one step closer to clearing, clearing the queue. <laughs> that was clearing the queue. If you have heard anything you like or know that we were just dead wrong about, you can email us at uh, clearingthequeue at gmail.com. Q is spelled Q U E U E. That's a tough one. And if your thoughts are funny, we'll read it on air. Follow us on Twitter at CTQ Podcast, Instagram at Clearing the Queue. Facebook.com slash clearing the queue. Subscribe on iTunes. Yeah, subscribe on iTunes. 